Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti with a good friend, uh, Pastor Connor Bales. Connor, welcome. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, super exciting. Um, you uh, you shared recently uh, with a group of uh, students uh, something from the Word of God that uh, um, Mike Thornberry, our good friend, um, everybody in the Training for Manhood world knows Mike Thornberry. Um, cause he's, uh, he's, you know what, in some of the podcasts we've done with Mike, he's shared some really valuable things. I'm shocked by that. I know. I know. I just, <laughs> <laughs> he's in studio with us. So we're just teasing. Obviously I love Mike. Well, we're teasing and honest at the same time. Of course. Um, but, uh, but he heard this, um, and he said, you know what, our, our guys in training for manhood have to hear this. This is just such rich wisdom from the word of God in how to be successful in life. What, what does it look like? How do you navigate that? And, uh, and you took a passage that's actually pretty familiar to a lot of Christians, yep. um, you know, out of Psalm 119. And, and you mind some stuff in there that was really, you know, I hadn't seen before. Um, it's not only um, just deep wisdom, it's very practical as well. Uh, so I want you to share that with our guys today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, um, you know, Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16 are kind of the area of concentration for us. And the psalmist asks a question and then begins by unpacking for us what I think are about eight uh, answers to this great question that every man everywhere should ask, which is, how can I be a godly success? Now, yes. the psalmist says it differently. In verse 9, he says specifically, how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, the words there, is, it's not young man is in only those guys that are under a specific age, but knowing that a young man has so much more life ahead of him than an old man, yeah. this is just a good right question for guys to ask everywhere all the time. If you're an older guy and you need to right the ship to yes. come in accordance with that, yeah. fantastic. Exactly. If you're a young guy and you can set your path by this guy, this will be a great life. Totally. So. And, and the word there for pure is the idea of unstained. Uh, yeah. You know, it's the idea of uh, maintaining a sense of holiness or godliness. So how can a guy keep his way pure? In other words, the way I define it is how can I be a godly success? Not a worldly success, uh, but a godly success. And then the psalmist begins by answering the question in the second half of that verse. And I believe this is foundational to what he says thereafter. He says, by guarding it according to your word. Mm. So the way I would explain that is the first answer is how can I be a godly success is by filtering everything through God's word first, meaning that there are going to be a lot of things by which we can filter our life and our relationships and our emotions. But if we filter it by anything less than God's word, we run the risk of misunderstanding it or misinterpreting those particular things. So, so are you telling me that God's word gives me understanding into all facets of my life, my work, um, my marriage, my parenting, right? All those different things. I can understand how I'm supposed to see those things by understanding it through God's word. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually think even more than that is you run the risk of misunderstanding those mm -hmm. things 
absent from filtering them through the lens yeah. of God's truth. Because I might think my marriage is there for my happiness. Yeah. I might think that my career is there, right, so I can put my name on the desk so I can show everybody how powerful and, and you know magnificent I am. I might miss those things. Because yeah, or that the, my kids are there so that I can feel better about them achieving the things that I could not. Yeah. Yes. Right? Right. When, when in reality, God has such a bigger plan mm. for our families and our marriages and our work Love and our it. relationships. And so we filter everything through the lens of God's word first. Then the second thing he says is, how can I be a godly success? In verse 10, I write, go all in with Jesus. Mm. The psalmist says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. The word Whole heart is the idea of nothing in reserve. So it's 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 a. Uh, I, I mentioned this uh, to you earlier, but um, I'm not a big poker player, but I know the uh, the way the game is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And, and when you get dealt the hand that you believe is your best bet to win, you declare by two words that you are going to push everything you have, bet everything you have on this particular hand. Now, what are those two words, Dan? All in. All in, right? right. And when you get the hand that you believe is best, you push all your chips in the middle of the table and you declare yourself to be all in with Jesus, uh, all in. Well, I would say for every man who belongs to God through faith in Jesus Christ, there is nothing greater that we could declare ourselves to be all in for than him. And so we push our families, we push our careers, we push our ambition, we push our children, we push our thought life, we push our hopes, we push our dream. We declare with Jesus, I'm going all in. And I'm not going to leave anything in reserve. I'm not going to hold back a portion of my career. I'm not going to hold back a portion of my marriage. I'm not going to hold back a portion of my ambition. I'm saying with Jesus, he is the greatest gift I've ever been given. This is the hand for me. Mm. I'm declaring myself all in with him. So I love that you actually use the poker reference because the reality is me pushing my, my chips in and saying, I'm going all in does not guarantee I'm going to win because if the person across from me has a better hand, I can lose. Yes. And, and I love how you said this because the reality is, is when you have Christ as your hand, you can't lose. You win. You win. You win. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is, Dan, is that as men, when we bet our lives mm. on anything less than That's Jesus, right. our sense of accomplishment, our uh, monetary accumulation, yeah. our, our f- uh, feelings, our kids, our whatever, uh, inevitably it gets challenged, yes. you know, by life, that person sitting across from us. Yeah. And too many times it, it'll cause us to lose. It, re- it reminds me, is it uh, Matthew 7, where you talk about, where Jesus talks about the two men who built their house, one on yeah. the rock, one on the sand, yeah. which everything looks fine, right? Both built their house. Both, I'm sure, were, you know, palatial, wonderful places until the storm came. Yeah. And then is the wrong time to find out you built your house on the wrong foundation. Of course, my favorite part about that passage is it doesn't say if. It says when. Right. Storms are a part of life. Okay, so how can I be a godly success? Well, uh, number three is I write, study and learn God's word. Mm. The psalmist says in verse 11, I've stored up your word in my heart Mm. that I might not sin against you. I love the uh, visual there of storing things up. It's the idea of accumulating Right, And so as we study and we learn God's word, we are accumulating God's truth. Yeah. We are accumulating yeah. wisdom. Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. His wisdom came because in humility early in his life, at the very beginning of his kingly reign, he asked God to give him wisdom. He yeah. didn't ask for fortune. He didn't ask for fame. He said, God, would you make me wise? And God was so pleased by the humility of that request that he did make Solomon wise. Mm-hmm. And then early in his life... As the wisest man who ever lived, he gives us the book of Proverbs.
Proverbs. And he tells us the wisdom is available for those of you who seek to discover it. And so when we decide that we're going to study and learn God's word, I think we submit ourselves to God's wisdom and we have the opportunity to truly learn about the things that are going to matter and make us better as men. Yeah. And for a young man, uh, that spending time in God's word uh, and with God's people is such an important and valuable thing. You, you have to have that. Yeah, so absolutely. Crucial, crucial, crucial. All right, number four, how can I be a godly success? Mm. I write, stay teachable, or I've written, stay coachable. There you go. The psalmist says, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. One of my favorite movies of all time, I would argue greatest sports movie of all time, is Hoosiers. There's this okay. awesome, that, that's a hot sports opinion, I think, but it's my favorite sports movie of all time. You're a basketball guy. I am a basketball yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, remember the Titans is coming in there close a second, but mm. um, but there's this scene in the movie, Gene Hackman is the coach of the Indiana Hoosiers basketball team, uh, not the university, but uh, high school, high school yeah. basketball yeah. team, the Hickory Huskers. And uh, at one point, one of the players, a guy named Ray, gets into the huddle and he just immediately starts mouthing off. Mm -hmm. He knows all the reasons why the team is struggling. He knows all the problems that they're having. He knows all the things they're doing wrong. And he hadn't stopped to listen to the person who actually is in charge, the coach. He's not being coachable. He's not being teachable. And I I think there are too many times when I get in the huddle and I start telling God all the things that I know. Amen. And I haven't submitted myself to heaven's coach and and listen to him, want to give me good and right instruction. And the psalmist says um, specifically, blessed are you, O Lord. And then he says, because you're blessed, teach me your statutes. Mm. There's this humility in that that says, I want to learn. I want you to coach me. I want you to mold me and shape me because I know that there's so much more I need to know. Yeah. And for a young man to have that attitude um, of, I want to learn, I always tell, you know, young guys, go find some guys who are successful in life, how you want to be successful. What does it mean to you? Um, ask them, Hey, can I take you out to a cup of coffee and ask you some questions and, and learn, listen, learn, see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and everybody who's old and gray haired would love to pass on some wisdom to, to some younger guys who are open and willing to learn from, from them. So great stuff. I and mean, no better place to learn than from the word of God. Yes. So that's what the psalmist is reminding us of. That's what he's saying. All right. So the next is how can I keep be a godly uh, success? Mm-hmm. I write for number five, speak God's truth. Mm. But the psalmist would say it this way. With my lips, I declare, what a great word, all the rules of your mouth. A declaration is something that you believe to be fundamentally, foundationally, convictionally true. So there's all these things in my life that I want to say. There's all these things that I'm tempted to say. But when it comes to what I should say, (laughs) what I declare, I need to stick to the truth of God's word. I've said this before in other settings. Um, I think the most dangerous statement to make when it comes to defending conviction or a belief that you have is, well, I just think that. I think the safest statement to make is, well, God's word says that. So when it comes to being men who want to be good husbands, who want to be good fathers, who want to be good friends, who Mm. want to be good employers and employees and teammates, um, we we need to make sure that what we're saying is rooted in the truth of God's word and not uh, something that is less than that, like our feeling or our circumstance or the opinion of someone else nearby. Yeah. Even if that opinion, so, I mean, Connor, I respect you, but if you said to me, Dan, um, I would like to give you my opinion, or I or I could give you right the wisdom of God, 
as much as I respect you, Connor, and love you and know that you are studied and intelligent and a wonderful human being, I would have to choose, well, Connor, if you had the wisdom of God to give me, I would take that over the wisdom of Connor Yeah. every single time. Yeah. And so if we have the availability of being able to pass on the wisdom of God to somebody, right? You're asking, what what should I do in my marriage? Well, I mean, there's Dan's opinion and Dan's experience, or there's the word of God, which would you like me to share with you? Yeah. And I think as a man, we have the opportunity, as this says, to declare the the rules, right? The words of God to people around us. That's a pretty pretty incredible thing. I mean, I think the guys that are listening to this podcast are doing so because they have the idea of being intentional about wanting to grow, wanting to learn. There is a coachability about every person who's been willing to to listen uh, uh, to your show. I I think that the encouragement is, um, is that we, there is no greater thing for us to learn from no greater source than God's word. And, And that should give us then a confidence when we're committing ourselves to a conviction that is founded upon it, that the declaration of truth is his and not ours. Right. Amen. Good stuff. How can a young man be a godly success? Well, number six is find your greatest joy in Jesus. Uh, Verse 14, the psalmist writes it this way. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Mm. So testimonies of God is... Uh, foundations. It's truth. It's God's truth. And it's God's truth is rooted in God. And so when I say that you should find your greatest joy in Jesus means you find that God is your transcendent place of contentment, supernatural joy, a happiness that is not circumstantial, that doesn't change with emotion, but rather is something that is greater than self and circumstance and all the, the things uh, that come in between. And when our joy is in uh, Jesus, then we find this delight. We find mm. this um, uh, it, uh, this idea of uh, of an explosive uh, uh, happiness, yeah. and uh, and it's greater than any riches. It's greater than any accomplishment. It's greater than any trophy in any case, any bonus check at the end of any year, uh, any uh, words of affirmation, or any high five we could get that. When we find our joy in Jesus, um, we're not contingent upon the next greatest earthly accomplishment for the feeling of satisfaction and identity as to who we are based on to whom we belong. Yeah. And and I, I think as men, boy, that is such a challenge. Yeah. You know, because we're accomplishers. We're, sure. we're guys who are constantly pursuing the next thing. And I think that's a good thing and a right thing when yeah. it's in its appropriate place. But there's a difference between the next good thing and the greatest thing. Exactly. I, I think of Jim Collins' book, right, From Good to Great. Yep. But, but kind of in a reverse way here, what you're saying is when you find your delight in the greatest thing, then that puts those good things in their proper perspective. Yeah, right? because an identity is not tied to them. Right. You you win a championship, you lose a game. Um, you know, I mean, even I say even the health and wealth of your relationships, right, aren't tied to right your self worth. Your self worth is in Christ. Yep. And so, therefore, you can walk into a relationship and humble yourself to serve other people because it's not about what you get; it's what you give. Yeah. Because you've already been given the greatest thing, and that's Jesus Himself. Yep. So totally find, different. Love find it. your greatest joy in Jesus. Mm. All right. So how can I, I be a godly success? Uh, number seven. Mm. This is so practical for guys. I write it as give your thought life to God. The psalmist says specifically, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Mm. Uh, the idea of meditation is the idea of giving our um, 
our thoughts and, and letting what uh, we dwell upon, right? Uh, I think you mentioned one time in conversation, it's like a, a chewing on the cud, right? <laughs> Yeah. So it's what, the, what do you what do you let roll around in your mind? Exactly. Right. Right. Not the not the fleeting thoughts. And this is an unfortunate thing for our young people that they spend so much time on social media because they're training their mind not to meditate on things. Right. Everything comes in, goes out and it comes in, goes out. But the concept is your mind is saying, what's worthy of staying in here yeah. and wrestling with and meditating on? And, yeah. and just like, you know, the cow that, you know, brings back its cut and chews on it because it's getting that extra nutrition out of it. What are the gold nuggets you need to rethink about and, and kind of wrestle with so that you fully mine all of the value from them? Can I tell you, that, that's why, you know, Snapchat for, for kids, that's why the video, you know, deletes because it's worthless. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. If there were something worthy, you wouldn't send it to somebody and say, oh, yeah, it deletes. It's like if there were worthy, you'd want to watch it over and over preserve again. That. And preserve it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so yeah. this concept is saying, hey, listen, what, what is worth meditating on? The Word of God. Yeah. Right, so you you memorize it, you meditate it, you study it, right? You bring it in, you wrestle with it, so that you can actually mine all of the great value that it has for you. Yeah, life. and I think as men, you know, our our mind is often our greatest battleground. Mm-hmm. You know, Amen. it's 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 the uh, six inches between our ears, which is yeah. the toughest uh, a field of battle that that we often face, and and sometimes that's. Um, you know, in how we're going to think through problem solving, right. how we're going to think through ways to minister to our wife and kids. And sometimes it's, um, giving, it's, it's giving our thought life as it relates to temptation that could lead us into sin. I was recently having a conversation with a young man and, uh, he was, uh, uh, expressing that he doesn't want to continue to battle in his mind for his, his, his integrity of thought mm. as specific as it relates to sexual integrity. And he was like, do you have any tips or tools that you could give me? And I said, well, I, I think that when those thoughts creep in and you can't control whether or not they do or don't, mm-hmm. I said, I would combat them with the truth of God's word. So what is your favorite scripture? And he told me what his favorite scripture was. And I said, well, then I think when those thoughts creep in, then commit to say God's quote, God's word, just say that scripture so you can say it out loud if you're by yourself and you can say it in your mind if you're in a crowd. But inevitably, I don't believe those two things can occupy the same space. So when you're willing to give over your thought life, then I think you're combating a temptation to sin. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. His name is helper. Yep. Right. All right. So last one, uh, how can I be a godly success? I write, define genuine joy, seek after it, and don't forget it when you get there. The mm-hmm. psalmist says in verse 16, I'll delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Again, the idea there of delight is the idea of an explosive uh, joy. And so when we delight in God's statutes, we're delighting in God himself. We're delighting in his truth as he has revealed it to us. So we need to define what is our genuine joy. And I, I think our joy is in Jesus. And I don't think there's any greater author or source of it than God. And so when we define it, okay, Jesus is my joy, then we seek after it. So what are the things in my life that give me more Jesus? For me, it's godly relationships. Yep. For me, it's time in God's word. For me, it's time with God's people. So I value the local church. Now, I know that sounds like a, a, a very much a self-serving declaration, but it's true. I believe in the local church. So I find that that gives me more Jesus. And 
And then I listen to worship music. So even when I'm exercising or out and about, I'll, I'll listen to worship music because that gives me more Jesus. Now, this isn't the only thing I do. It isn't all that I do. But I try to define my genuine joy. Jesus is that. Then I seek after it. And then when I'm having a season uh, of experiencing that genuine joy, when I have the moments of recognition, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for all these good things that I have in my life. Then I don't forget that Jesus is the source of that, right? Because isn't it true that so many times when things are smooth, we have forgotten that God is the reason that they happen to be? Sure. And so it isn't until things get rough again that we're forced to have to go back and say, well, hang on, God, you're the reason that they were good to begin with. You'll be the reason that they become good once again. Yeah. And uh, and so I would say, how can I be a godly success is define genuine joy, seek after it, and then don't forget it when you get there. Yeah. When it says, I will not forget your word, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is um, it, it's, it's best for me not to forget something um, by either writing it down, so journaling is important, or telling others. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the one thing is when I tell others, when I forget it, they remind me. Yeah. That, that's what my, my wife right? She's got an incredible memory. Yeah. Don't you remember when you said, I'm like, no. Um, but, but she's, you know, she can remind me of those things that I've said. Um, you know, accountability, you know, my friends, when I tell them, Hey, this is what's important to me. And if I live in a way that's not according to that, they can remind <laughs> me of those things. Yeah. And so it helps me not to forget if I've got a community of people around me who say, Hey, this is what you said is important to you. Don't forget it. Yeah. And it's especially important for guys. We, we think we can do this alone. That's right. But we are not built for it. We are not built for it. Jesus didn't do it alone. That used to be, right, the, the, you know, the image of what it meant to be a man, right, was, you know, you're out on the ranch by yourself, you know, you're yeah. you know, rustling the cattle. I mean, you're, you're a self-made, the word self-made man, yeah. right, is, is, you know, common in our you know, vernacular. But the concept is, is you have to have community. And I think, you know, the reality is, is you need an older man in your life. You need some younger guys you're pouring into. And you need a, a council of guys your own age and stage in life who you've told, hey, this is what's important to me. Hold me accountable to these things. Yeah, yeah the, the Dead Sea in Israel is named that because things only pour in, yep. and there is nothing that pours out. That's right. And so it, uh, all those nutrients and all those vitamins and all the uh, a life that pours into that is stagnant, and, and therefore it ultimately dies. Yeah. And, uh, and we're not meant to be... Uh, uh, reservoirs were meant to be rivers. Amen. And, uh, and so people pour in and then we pour out and we do this in community. No guy is built to do it alone. Amen. Man, Connor, that is some great stuff. Um, short verse, um, but some really good wisdom pulled out of there for our, for our guys, uh, really of all ages, right? And we, we talk about the, you know, the young guy, you're right. If you're earlier in your journey and you can figure this out now, you've got a life in front of you. Uh, that will be blessed uh, and useful. If you're an older guy and this doesn't seem like you match up with it, um, now's the time to make a, a course adjustment and get your life back on track. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Connor. Yeah, man, appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.